Hello, I'm Hannah Jenna. And I'm Rachel Johnson, and welcome to Before and After, a body image podcast. We are here to discuss our ideas, perceptions, and beliefs about how we look and how we see others. We'll be looking at research and trends in the world of fitness and nutrition, as well as looking at our own biases related to body image and busting some persistent myths that abound in advertising and on social media. We hope to reach and captivate audiences of all ages and gender. So please help us out by subscribing and sharing. And if you like what you hear, we would very much appreciate you leaving us a review. Happy listening. Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome to episode 12, which we just realized, given that we're releasing these every 10 days, means we have now been recording before and after podcast for 120 days. Yeah, which seems like crazy long, but also like we just started a couple weeks ago. So that's exciting. We made it this far, so now, <laughs> like last, I feel like episode 10, we we're like, we made it to 10 episodes, now we can do 20 episodes, and now we're like, whoa, we've made it to like pretty much a third of a year. Third of a year. So, see you in full. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, there's a lot of things that people start and don't stick with that long, so that, that feels good. So this, uh, for this episode, we are going to be talking a little bit about um, community, the people around you. Your vibe attracts your tribe. That's not actually a Oh my God. But I had to slip that one. You had to slip that one in. Is that what you want to call it? You want to name this episode? Your vibe. Vibing and tribing. <laughs> we could call it that. I don't know. We'll sleep on that idea. Um, and we, we will talk about like why that kind of sense of community is front and center right now. But before, uh, nice to do a little check-in. Because just when we were just realizing how long we've been recording for... We spoke, well, Rachel committed to ditching the daily ways in episode 10, um, recognition episode, and that would have been 20 days ago. Yeah. Or actually more because we recorded it before the release date. I think we recorded it probably before that. You're right. So it was maybe, So like, yeah, have I been without the scale maybe for closer to a month then? Yeah. Three three and a half weeks at least without any daily weigh-ins. Was it hard? Did you literally finish recording that episode, go home, hide your scale, and be like, cool? Or were you like, uh... uh No, it wasn't quite that easy. I mean, I definitely, I committed to doing that. I didn't hide the scale that day. I, I kind of forgot and left it in the bathroom. And so I accidentally, I think I texted you, I accidentally weighed myself, like, the next day. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wait, I'm not supposed to do this. So I think I hid the scale on, like, day two or three. Because um, I forgot, but... But it's weird. It's also just that was so clear that it became such a habit. Mm-hmm. Like I literally would wake up in the morning. Uh, I would, yeah, pretty much like go to the bathroom and then jump on the scale before I like put on any clothes or put on my robe or anything because, uh, you know, my w- robe weighs like at least two pounds. <laughs> um, Please tell me you haven't weighed your robe. Did you actually ever weigh it separately uh, just in case you ever? I sort of, yeah, <laughs> like because I had my robe on and I, I think, this was months ago or something, jumped on the scale and it was higher than I expected. And I was like, oh, oh. So I dropped the robe and saw it go down like a pound or two. And I was like, wow, that's a heavy robe. Like we never think, well, you mentioned that way when you go to the doctor and you, mm-hmm. uh, you forget how much shoes weigh and just clothing and yeah. I so. too actually have not gotten on my bathroom scale since you made that commitment. The only, oh, you've been doing it too. So the only weigh-ins that I've had since you committed to that was the doctor's one, yep. which was yep. false report. Minor false report, spin. yes. <laughs> and then the the in-body scan that I did 
last weekend, I think it was, um, which is just something I do every month. So Right. That's just And yeah. interestingly, I weighed exactly the same as I have done for now three months, 140.8. Yeah. Exactly 2.8. the to, same. To wow, the, that's to the, the, the tenths place. of the, that's kind of crazy. maybe, maybe the middle month was 140.7 wow. or something, but it's exactly Your body the same, loves like stasis, but, right? Like yeah. you've gotten to a point really but of stasis. Uh, body fat percentage was down again. So the first weigh-in at 140.8 was about around the 16% okay. mark. Now my recent, most recent readout, 140.8, was 13.7% body fat. Okay, so body comp is still changing, but it's but it's pretty consistent mm-hmm. on the number. So that's a good thing for anybody out there who is literally just going off of bathroom scales and not using any other metric. Yeah. That you things could be happening, like yeah. positive things, things that you're working towards, but that one particular metric just straight up isn't going to see it. Or yeah. we're still like very easily... If I'd built muscle, I could have gained some weight. Yeah. And if I was just going off yeah, that number, exactly. I would have been like, ah. And that's why I think it was hard when I was actually to the point of, okay, I need to hide the scale so I don't step on it accidentally. <laughs> um, to to know that there were there were still other metrics I was going to check, right? Like mm-hmm. for my nutrition check-in every week, um, I told my coach, I was like, hey, I'm going to do this, ditch the scale. She was super supportive. Um, and... But I still do, like, I still measure, do measurements. So I'm still measuring, like, my waist, I think, is the one required every week. Um, and it's, I got to be honest, like, that changes real slowly, right? Like, measurements. Yeah, and so, so that's something that I, I like, if people choose to yeah. take measurements, I have them do that, like, maybe once a month. Right. Because that's another yeah. thing where you can get yeah. super frustrated where you're like, it's not yeah. changing. And, I mean, with women's bodies, too, like, my high waist, like, the actual narrowest point is kind of not necessarily the point I care about. The point I care about is maybe more toward like my hips and my like love handle area or something mm-hmm. like that. So it's so it is kind of weird that that's the one that's required in their software. Um, and they also require at least one weigh in a week. So I've kind of I basically just asked my coach. I was like, "What do you want me to do? Should I just put number. the number that was sort of the average of the week before I stopped?" So I've been putting in just one one hundred and fifty four. Once a week. So at least then my graph will show a solid straight line and mm-hmm. then pick up again where, whenever I leave off. Um, but yeah, it is it is a little weird to let go of a metric. When when it it's not that I, I was tied to it as the most important metric, but you just get into a habit of stepping onto the scale every day. And so that number kind of just, it, yeah, it's a habit more than anything else. So technically so. you committed to this till the end of May. I think we said end of May, yeah. So that's like 22 days away. Yeah. How are you feeling about, have you thought about getting back on the scale again? Do you think you're going to be nervous even though uh, you know that yeah. there's no need to be nervous? Yeah, I'm and... sure I'll still be nervous, right? Because this is all, I mean, we go back to that every time. Like even though we are trying to make the, you know, body image discussions and make these positive changes of not caring, like you're, it's still about breaking habits. Like, I think I will still be nervous to jump on, but, um, I, I kind of wonder if I'll ever want to go back to the scale. That was going to be my next question. I don't know if I need it anymore. If I have the, if I do an in-body scan regularly, Mm -hmm. um, and I have other metrics to focus on, um, I I mean, maybe I just won't even go back to it. If you once you do start weighing yourself again, what is going to be the kind of the cue to you if 
if you feel like you need to pull yourself out of it? Well, you know, the in-body scan is what kind of jolted me back to reality last time, right? Like I was worried that the scale was ticking up again. The in-body scan confirmed that was lean mass, right? So I think having a better kind of metric is always a good check like to, uh, yeah, to what you're looking at. Um, so I think if I can keep doing an in-body scan, like at least, I don't know, maybe every six weeks or something. I don't know if I will need to do that, you know, too often, but, uh, Have you been doing it monthly? No, no, I think I've only, no, really. I think the last one was almost two months apart or something. I've only, I think I've only done three this entire year. Oh, okay. So, um, and the first one was like really early January. Then I did one early February and then it's only been one since I think. So, um, so you committed to writing stuff in a gratitude oh, yeah. journal yeah, that was your... <laughs> rather than like to distract yourself from the absence of weighing. Yes. You put something else yes. in there, which is always a good thing to do. Like yeah. find something else to fill that gap so you're not like frustrated or fixated by it. Yeah. Have you have you learned anything interesting from your gratitude journal? I have. So I kind of brought it in case I wanted to like reference things. Um I uh what I have learned, actually, well, this is kind of something I want to work on, which is sometimes you wake up and it's hard to think of something about your body to be grateful for, right? Like sometimes you're just not feeling the the love for yourself. Um, in the, so I kind of, some of them I've definitely like struggled to find something to say, but um, if you, if on those days, when I was going to ask you like how many of them you do feel like truly authentic gratitude expression expressions right. of gratitude yeah. and like so if you wake up and you're like oh there is just nothing i want to appreciate about me right. today do you just write got nothing or do you try and force yourself to come up with something i mean i think i think there i'm looking there's probably some days that i have skipped maybe just by accident but um i mean yeah like one day i was uh, just feeling really tired. And so I just put, I'm grateful for low sugar wine. Cause it was like the day after <laughs> we drank some of that low sugar wine that I, I've been trying out. And, um, you know, I was tired, but I wasn't hung over. And, but I was like, okay, sure. I'll be grateful for that. So that was kind of a stretch. Like, I don't know if that was, uh, I think the very first one I wrote was cause I was kind of not missing the scale, but realizing like, oh, that was weird to like, kind of ditch this metric and I just put you know I'm grateful that I can be curious about this as an experiment like curiosity so it's definitely like been that. things That's a yeah good way to spin it so yeah like, yeah some morning it's like oh I love I love that I can do pistol squats really well um I uh oh well I put like one was like grateful to try new things in the competition class that we've been doing um you know and surprising yourself right I yeah uh, one, this is, this is the one that I really, I really did like it. Cause I think I, it was a day where I was feeling pretty good about like my pull up progress. Mm -hmm. Um, cause I think if I couldn't think of something about my body to be grateful for, I wanted it to be about my performance. So I just like one day wrote, I'm grateful for like the promise of a muscle up. <laughs> I don't have a muscle up, but just like the idea that, you know, I am making some good progress with things like my pull ups. There um, you go. Oh, one day I did say I was grateful for the measuring tape because I needed some data. <laughs> so like, I was like, I don't have any data and I need some data. But uh, yeah, I think the best one is 
I'm grateful for a lower resting heart rate. So because I track with my ring, my sleep tracker, I've Mm -hmm. been noticing over the past couple months, my rest, my like lowest resting heart rate overnight has been dropping into like the mid to low fifties, which is low, low for me. It hasn't, I've never really, yeah. Awesome. So, so that's a, you know, a metric that resting heart rate doesn't have really anything to do with how you look. So. (laughs) No. But But it is a health indicator, right? Yes. I think like a good low resting heart rate. Yes, indeed. Well, that, that's all good stuff. And I'm going to be super intrigued to see if you go back to it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, we'll see. Because I looked at the scale the other day, just sitting in my bathroom. And I was like, hmm, wonder if I should get on that thing. And then there was like this pause where I was like, I don't know if I want to see what it says. And then I was like, but why wouldn't I say what want to see what it says? Because I know that that doesn't really give me a full picture. And I literally stood there for God knows how long. Probably wasn't like just, even that long. Yeah, I, but I was like, there was two your sides mind, of me yes, having yes. this conversation. And I started laughing at myself. I was like, this is so silly. It's a freaking bathroom scale. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing too about like jumping on it once though can be hard and could probably derail, you know, your, your thoughts and your self-talk because the whole point of tracking that number in the first place is to track averages over time yeah. so like jumping on it once if it's a day where you're bloated or ate a big lunch or time of day all that kind of stuff you know it could you almost need to step on it seven days in a row rather than just once. well that's what i kind of told myself i was like okay if you're gonna step on it step on it but we also now need to probably step on it yeah. For at least another four or five days out of this week. Yeah. And then we can calculate an average and then we yeah. can not be silly yeah. in any way. So that's why I sort of think maybe I won't go back to the scale at all. Because if getting on it once means actually needing to get on it more than once, maybe I, I just do do something like like kind of step up the frequency that I with which I do uh, in-body scans. And then that can be kind of just a monthly check-in where the only number you care about is like, uh, once a month where you get more information than the total weight. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else do you track? What else, like... Um, honestly, right now... Um, so a couple of months ago, I, like, tracked my macros probably, like, 97% of the time. I weighed myself every day. First mm-hmm. thing in the morning, like, you get up, do your ablutions do your business naked it's true because some of that business makes a difference in your weight (laughs) early morning well it's really annoying if you're not ready for the ablutions and then you have to take the weight and then like 20 minutes later you're like oh i should (laughs) (laughs) but tmi um so yeah a couple months ago i was kind of fairly strict and on it and all the rest of it and then 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 what something occurred and oh i got that really bad migraine Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Like, so I obviously didn't track the day that I had a really bad migraine. And then a couple of days afterwards, I didn't. And then I was kind of like, you know what? I feel pretty good. I'd done like a five or six week stretch of pretty consistent macro counting and weight tracking and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then done one in body scan in that time. And I was like, I'm, you know, I feel like I kind of reined in a few of the sneaky little habits, you know, those bean field chips. They're so oh, good. the bean field <laughs> chips. My- the Beanfields chips had snuck back in, maybe a couple extra glasses of wine in yep. a week. So that kind of helped to just, you know, dial back on those things a little bit. So I had the migraine and then I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm going to just like dip in and out of this without being too serious about it. Like maybe once or twice a week I'll track and just see that I'm 
roughly around where I want to yeah. be. Um, and then like when you committed to not betting on the scale, I was like, this seems as good a time as right. any to not get on the scale every day. So honestly, right now, um, I haven't plugged anything into my tracking app for a couple of weeks. Um, not getting on the scale. I'm just going off of feel. Yeah. Like complete and out of feel. Um, and I feel like I can do that because I've sort of been dabbling in this and doing it for long enough that yeah. I don't need to try You definitely have that in the and... intuitive side is definitely something I feel like you have more than the rest of us, right? Like you've been doing this enough and you've been helping other people do this enough that that, that I know that when can be... I'm well fueled. I yeah. like I I know how to hit my protein goal every day and I yeah. try to never sacrifice that unless it's like, you know, you're taken out by a migraine or something where you know right. just you can't just physically or like but like I I know exactly what I try and hit 140 grams of protein. I know what that looks like and it's fairly easy for me to do. So I do that yeah. without question every day. Um, and then like carbs and fats, you know, maybe they're a little above or a little, well, never a little below on carbs. I was going <laughs> to say, I don't, I don't carbs. imagine you accidentally eat too few carbs. No, that doesn't sound like what you would do. That would be but... a lie. Um, <laughs> Yeah, sometimes like fats might be a little bit under, a little bit over, mm. some more carbs, less carbs, but I just like, I, I'm pretty well in tune with it all. And, you know, if, if, if it's been a solid week in the gym and I've doubled down a couple of times, then I'm going to eat more. Yeah. Like I had a couple of days last week where I could have eaten the couch. Oh my like, gosh. I had a couple of days like that too. I was, we had, I'd done a double session on Monday and I did some heavy lifting and I'd had like the reaction to the COVID vaccine. So I was just generally behind the curve and, and something in me was just like, eat woman, oh, <laughs> just yeah. eat. So I actually experimented with like, cause usually, and this is like a hangover from eating disorder days where like, I'm horribly good at having like a tracking app in my head mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. everything I eat I'm like checking it off I'm like right. kind of yeah, logging you're in you're tracking head. it regardless and even if I'm not physically putting it in an app and I also need to practice being able to turn that off too and just be like my body is saying eat so yeah. feed it yeah um it's kind of like that process of going all in and I would love to interview somebody about all in sometime um where you literally have to put aside any notion of I'm going to count the macros in this i'm going to count the calories in this just throw it aside and go what is my body asking for right now yeah and like sometimes i know like i'm low on iron and sometimes i will just straight up crave red meat and your like, body lets you know that it by just lets red me meat, yeah. know and like as soon as i indulge it then i feel so much better yeah so it obviously takes a lot of practice to get there and not just like endlessly indulge and be like, well, my body was asking for it. Yeah. And I ended up like right. gaining all this weight. <laughs> I don't get it. It's like, your it, body can't be asking for ice cream that no, much. Yeah, generally, really. generally like, <laughs> like if you, if your body is telling you that you need to eat highly processed foods, stuff laden with sugar, all that sort of stuff, that's, that's because you like got hooked on hyper palatable foods, not because right. you're actually genuinely missing some kind of, vitamin or mineral or something that you need yeah i mean that's interesting as someone who doesn't eat red meat like i'm wondering i've never been iron deficient as far as i know um and you I, eat like 
3,000 pounds of spinach. I don't, well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm like, oh, well, if my body did get to be a little iron deficient, would I, would I crave spinach? Like, because that's what my body knows I'm getting most of it from. Like spinach and chickpeas or something. I think those are probably the things I get a lot of iron from, but... Uh, yeah, because yeah. I, I don't, I, I never like, crave red meat. Basically, is what I'm saying. Take me to Chuck's for a fillet, <laughs> and I'm <laughs> like, oh, take me to that farmer's market, fresh spinach. Yeah. So, so do you do you track? I mean, do you pay attention to things like your resting heart rate? Does that are those kinds of metrics anything that changes for you? Um, I I kind of check in with it. Um, because I no longer wear the whoop thing. My Fitbit tells me a certain amount. Yeah, and um, I actually started to check in on that. You know couple of times a week yeah because for a while i like just turned it off i think i like got to a phase where i overwhelmed myself with with data things that i was tracking yeah yeah and i was like and i'm so busy in other areas of life that i was like something has to give because now i'm getting stressed out and i know that stress is a big roadblock to like trying to be fit and healthy and lean and all the rest of it so i was like something needs to give here i need to like chill out yeah that's fair I took away some of that because I also, when I get really, I love that, like, you love the data. I love, especially, like, the sleep stuff where you yeah. get to see, like, how restful your sleep is because mine, I'm a, I'm a shitty sleeper. Like, I can, going to sleep is never a problem. Staying, Staying asleep, asleep through the whole is night, a yeah. huge problem for me. And, yeah. uh. Dory has a role in that, too. Yeah, my dog. Having a dog. dog it's not helpful. <laughs> Sharing a bed with somebody. Is also like yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds silly, but like we we have um, we bought ourselves a nice memory foam mattress a year and a half ago, and we just bought like the crappy bed base thing that it sits on, mm-hmm. which is fine. But anytime anybody moves, the whole thing, the moves. whole thing's yeah, moving. That's... So in, I'm pretty sure investing, and this is like part of like we've talked in the past about creating an environment mm-hmm. for yourself mm-hmm. that sets you up for success. We need to invest in like a solid bed base. So when someone yeah. turns, the other person doesn't get like turned with Moved, it. <laughs> yeah. Like you get bumped around and stuff. That is so true. Like even, even Aura, the, the ring that I wear, um, there's this option in the app for you to do tags. Like, so if, if something's different that you want to just tag in the app so that if you want to track, oh, there are nights each month where I feel like I sleep worse and you can go back and check the tags being like, oh, I tagged like my period was starting or I tagged, oh, that was a night I went in the hot tub because sometimes that helps your body cool down and sleep better, like things like that. And they have shared bed, you know, hot bedroom, cool bedroom. So you can actually kind of track your environment too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, if puppy dog is on the tag list, but I think shared bed, that could be a human or a dog. Doggy dreams. <laughs> Doggy dreams, uh, being kicked while you sleep, <laughs> things like that. So so it is interesting. I mean, there is, there's so much option to track so many different things, but you're right. You kind of have to... You got to pick and choose. There's, there's just too much to, to think about, um, and that can be paralyzing in and itself. But the resting heart rate is just something I noticed because I like tracking my sleep, mm-hmm. and I don't really know what has made my resting heart rate better. Normally, I would say it's like cardiovascular health, like mm-hmm. working on cardio. But as we both know, Rachel doesn't often choose to no. work on cardio conditioning. <laughs> Um, I mean, you, you know, in some of the classes I've kind of been forced to lately. Um, I mean, like if you, if you've lost some weight and your body is just in like a, a healthier place, you're not having to work as hard. So you're right. Okay. The lean mass maybe is a factor Yeah, as much as, okay. But I mean like, yeah. So I'm honestly right now, I'm kind of intrigued to see 
how well slash how long I can maintain for or like continue to I mean obviously I don't want to lose much more in the way of body fat percentage yeah I mean yours pretty every time you get on it's creeping downward yeah. even if you're not trying to make it lower yeah. um, um because like what oh there you oh, go that, that's dory what i heard wake something. up to in the that, middle of the night that was that's... perfect dory you let the audience there is an know example. this uh, is what wakes hannah up 18 times in the yeah. night <laughs> um yeah no i'm intrigued to see how long i can continue getting you know on this the path that i'm on without like having to track a million different things and be too strict about it and and you know just find that way like the ultimate life balance be able to enjoy life live life yeah Yeah. do what you need to do without feeling chained to all sorts of different like apps and watches and rings and Uh, obsessing over numbers and my, my partner just said to me this morning as i was kind of um I, I talked to my ring, my sleep tracking ring a fair bit because um, it was giving me a hard time that I forgot to charge it. Uh, so actually last night it didn't, there, there's no sleep Can data for last night. Well, no, you, like... I literally just, I'm like, I opened the app and I'm like, oh, it's giving me a hard time again. Like, cause I forgot to charge it. And so now I don't have sleep data for last night. And so I just, I talk about it and to it. And Jeff just looked at me. He's like, he's like, Rachel, I think you're in an unhealthy relationship with your ring. <laughs> And I was like, you're right. This is like an abusive relationship. I'm like tied to, to what it tells me. Um, So yes, I think, uh, you know, you know, like just like giving up the scale, sometimes taking a break from probably other metrics can be good. Just, yeah. I mean, just taking a break from feeling like you have to be monitoring yourself all the time. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, it may just be like short breaks, but you know, I'm, I've, yeah, I've had, I'd say probably two in-body scans without a whole hell of a lot being tracked yeah, uh, or monitored or measured or weighed or anything like that. So, I mean, I'm down. Keep it going. It's, it's yeah. for me right now, it's working. And I know like on the flip side, for some people, having something to track actually works better for them because then it keeps them sort of focused and, you know, not if if you're somebody who without some kind of like guidelines right right just you're like all or nothing all or nothing and you need the guidelines to like walk that yeah. kind of fine line down the middle and like mm-hmm. then then cool but like for me i was all or nothing and now i'm like really working towards being that like dip in and yes. out of it you're like Don't transcending the uh <laughs> you've become enlightened and you but definitely it, feel like some days i feel like a kind of almost like a sense of panic like i should be doing this i should i should i right. should i should be tracking right. this i should be counting this and then i'm like ah shush <laughs> you're fine yeah it's true it's true i mean i do think that probably sort of the need for that accountability and and understanding how to measure things is probably why people like get a coach in the first place right you need that kind of guidance and even in the business world, the college, you know, counseling kind of world. Everyone always says you need you need smart goals, right? The and and one of the the M stands for measurable mm-hmm. in that, right? Like, you know, in order to achieve goals, you do need to have some way of measuring them. Um, so I think that's what I've also been thinking of with if I'm struggling with what data I'm looking at, I try to go back to you know what's the actual goal. Yeah. Um, Because if the goal is is body recomposition for a particular thing, 
then sure, there's probably something you need to track. You know, we've mentioned that before. We're like, if you're a weight class athlete, yeah. you have to track, right? I mean, and so, but now I'm like, well, if my goal is to get more strict pull-ups, what do I need to track to know if that goal is working? It's really just how I feel doing pull-ups. I don't need mm-hmm. to track my weight. Um, you know, the the whole, a, a lot of, I find a lot of people always say like, I weigh too much to do pull-ups or I'm too heavy to do a pull-up. I'm too heavy to do uh, a muscle-up. I'm too heavy to do unassisted push-ups. And it's like the flip side of that is actually just you're just not strong enough yet, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't really need to know how much I weigh to track pull-ups. Right. That's another interesting thing to like look at a number on a a scale Mm -hmm. and just be like, this puts me in this box. Right. And because of this, I can't do x y and z or whatever yeah. and it's like not necessarily mm-hmm. true because I, I would absolutely look at i would look at a number on a scale and be like oh i'm never gonna be able to do a handstand push-up with, at that weight like that's how i've always so conceived you, of gymnastics stop you from like trying because you just ruled it out like it's never gonna happen i so, mean maybe meh. i think when i first started this like body recomp kind of journey it it was right i mean i always said my goal was to be better at gymnastics and the underlying assumption was that i needed to be lighter to be better at gymnastics. And that's what i always think about from like the days when we first started working out together like when we were friends mm-hmm. um was like i heard you say that a lot like yeah yeah i'm kind of, i'm just like i'm too heavy to be able to do that yeah or like yeah way too much to be able to do that and that's always been my excuse to like continue focusing on like lifting and strength yeah, rather than some of those gymnastics skills or even like probably like the cardio type skills, the conditioning skills. Cause I was like, yeah, I was like, maybe, you know, my body's just meant to be heavy this. So I'll, I'll focus on the things that don't, well, you focus on fit, the things that make with, you strong yeah, and therefore maybe with, heavier. Exactly. Maybe heavier. <laughs> but now I'm just like, I mean, it's true without weighing myself. I mean, the other day. I did eight strict unbroken push pull-ups. I've never been able, I mean, you know, this, I, I cannot deny that in the last like six months, my pull-up strength has gotten to a level where it's never been at before. And that is, that happened after I stopped weighing myself. That happened after I saw the scale tick up a bit, right? But then also had the in-body scan confirm that I was building muscle. So... So yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, this I definitely comes can't. Back to like, uh, yeah, I what can't. we were talking about with Layla in the last episode about like the story. Yeah, stories. The stories around the numbers. the numbers exactly. And, like what that means to you, like mm-hmm. what you you can and can't do. Yeah, because of those those numbers. Because you would ask if you had asked me a year ago, Rachel, do you think at one hundred and fifty five pounds you could do eight pull ups, strict pull ups? I would have said no. Right? Like, Just because based off of that number. Based off of the number, but also based on my experience at that point, which was that at that weight, I had never really crept further than like three pull-ups in a row, maybe? Strict pull-ups. Um, but I have now have like the last few months of experience saying, oh, actually, wait, at that weight, I have done now more than three, and then it was four, then it was five. Um, so right now... I have no idea what I weigh, mm-hmm. but I know that I can do eight pull-ups. 
<laughs> so there like I go. can't so, I can't deny that knowledge. That is fact right now. So, so you're changing. You can change your start to change your story mm-hmm. and not be like, well, 154, 155, whatever that number is, doesn't mean you can't do something. Yeah, just means you're much stronger now, so you mm-hmm. can do it. Yeah. And I was looking at my in-body scans the other day. The last time I was in like the 13s of percentages of body fat, my overall body weight was like 131, 132. So like, Oh, wow. So you were I'm quite a bit lighter. Eight, nine pounds heavier. Now. And still at the... Uh, oh, so at you've got a body. lot more muscle. Mm-hmm. I mean, that makes sense. You've been hitting some really like lifts that you've really been kind of feeling great about, right? So... So, you know, like if, if you put the me that's now back in, so it was 2017, 2017 where I got my lowest weight, I got down to like 129.7 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But probably I was about hundred somewhere between 131, 132 pounds to be at like 13 point something percent body yeah. fat. If I woke up when I was there one day mm-hmm. Even if, like, the body fat percentage was still the same, but it said 140.8, like I am now, I you would have lost freaked out. my yeah. shit. Because I had, my wow. story was, like, because when I started the macro counting back in 2017, I think my first weigh-in was, like, 143, because I'd just spent, like, six months on a boat in the Caribbean. Right. Like, you sailing, were, racing, yeah. drinking rum, not eating <laughs> balanced diet. Drinking rum. Of course. Sailor. Um, and... So like 140-ish was like the number which I had built this story. Like, you're Mm -hmm. fat. Wow. At 140 pounds, honey, you're fat. You've let it go. You know, you've given up on yourself. Oh my gosh. What the heck? And it's kind of amusing now to be... Right at that weight. And you're like, this is my my strongest. Four years (laughs) ago, I considered to be your fat weight is now like my 13.7% body fat. Wait. Well, and it's crazy too. Like just when you said that number that you got down to 129. Mm-hmm. So I definitely remember when I was younger, um, you know, 120 pounds. That was like, I don't know if it was ever like my goal weight, but I remember other people around me saying like 120 for a woman was like, that was like thin. That was the like the ideal. And now when I hear you even say 129, I like... I look at us and I'm like, I would be like sickly. I would have to give up muscle mass. Like, yes, exactly. Like, I feel like I would look so unhealthy if I dropped down into those, even to like 130 at this point. Because I only, my total body fat weight is like 16 point something pounds. Yeah. So it's like, if you, yeah, right. I mean, if you, oh, I I just, it's so funny the way that the numbers change. Like, and I was thinking back because like, obviously from, being from England, and I did just have to get my calculator out, that we talk, we don't talk in just pounds, we talk in stones. In right, pounds. yes. Oh. So there's 14 I pounds stone. to a stone. So, like, I remember being in, like, my late teens, even early 20s, like, the kind of acceptable weight mm-hmm. for us as, like, females was, like, eight stone, which is 112 pounds. Whoa. Yeah, okay. And, like, if you, like, I remember my sister would always, like, be eight stone, or like uh, less than eight yes. stone, okay. and like my body wanted to be more like nine stone. Um, but even nine stone, that's only one twenty six. One twenty six. Yeah. And like, if I was to drop down to one twenty six pounds, mm-hmm. I would have to lose so much muscle mass 
Yeah. Because like give my body is never going to give up all of its body fat. Absolutely I would not. Have to yeah. There's so much muscle mass, a ton of strength. And I honestly think I would be really unhappy with what that looked like right. in the mirror. Well, because after all these years of being healthy and strong and weightlifting and doing all this, you know what you'd be giving up is actually performance and, and ability. and Which then is a nice yeah. reminder to me that what I can do with this body is like so much more important than exactly what I look like or mm-hmm. what the number on the scale yeah. says. Yeah. Because if I was to give that up, even if it meant like I looked freaking ready for a bikini competition, <laughs> there was no hint of lumps and bumps, which there right. would be. Because there would still genetic. be lumps and bumps. There would still yeah, be lumps exactly, and bumps. Exactly. Was, I would still find something to pull myself, pull apart about myself. Even if I was like as lean as I could possibly ever be, I honestly think I would look in the mirror and I would be unhappy yeah like I'd be sad at what I saw well I think I'd be sad if I I'd be pretty sad if I ever walked into the gym and couldn't do certain things right like you know I love you know my favorite lift is probably the power clean like if I all of a sudden you know weighed 20 pounds less but I could not um power clean you know of around 150 anymore I'd be really sad like I'd be, I'd be so sad to have to give up that kind of cool ability um well, like three two and a half three months ago when I was doing some tracking for a while and I was like okay I need to I want to cut just a little bit of body fat because I've just been eating like going to town with mm-hmm. food to like feel stronger and I went very quickly from when I was eating whatever and just like make, being full all the time and I felt freaking fabulous and like PR lifts and was just able to go in and crush it and then I cut like I went on a bit of a cut it wasn't like drastic but it was a bit of a cut and so quickly I just felt like shit and I think that's where I was like you know what this was annoying like it feels although like it wasn't severe enough cut and it certainly didn't go on long enough to actually impede my performance Mm -hmm. but for like a couple of weeks like I wasn't able to lift at my top end of lifting. Yeah. Like I could get to a point, but then there was just like nothing left in the tank. And I was like, this isn't fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's not fun. And I mean, I, you know, I think, I think, I I mean, I wonder, I, I just sort of the thought exercise of wondering like, okay, if I did lose that much like body mass and I couldn't, you know, power clean what I wanted to, but I could do a bunch of handstand push-ups all of a sudden or something. Would I, would I, would I change my kind of performance goals around that and then feel better about it? But I, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, maybe that's not, it's not really like a worthwhile thought experiment at this point. Cause I really feel like now the pull-up thing has made me realize like I, I, ha- I couldn't, I can do those handstand push-ups <laughs> at whatever weight if I build up the right strength. Right. Mm-hmm. So Changing um, that story. Yeah, I do feel like I mean now that now that I've been making progress with pull ups, I do feel like strict handstand push ups are kind of have become elevated on my radar of like cool goals to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Yeah. Well, that was a good check in. I was like, <laughs> we're just checking for like ten minutes. Right. We're just like, oh, we'll yeah. see where it goes. And yeah, suddenly, nearly forty minutes later. Oh my gosh! Like, yeah. Well. Like but that's good. I mean, it's true. We, we haven't really talked about, yeah, kind of goals and stuff like that. that but way lately, as so. I did mention earlier, 
we wanted to talk a little bit about like community and the importance of having the right people around you and what having a variety of people around you can do for you. And like this really came about because a few weeks ago, um, a friend of ours got, that's Dory, chiming in on the Dory wants to be involved in the community conversation she too. Wants, but. She's a part of the community and she's <laughs> mad right now because she's not in the room. She got shut out, but she stopped, wouldn't stop barking. But anyway, uh, a few weeks ago, a friend got married. We did a bachelorette workout at the gym. Obviously invited all ladies. There was about, I think, 11 or 12 of us who came and worked out. Um, and everybody who went was like, wow, this is really fun. We should mm. do this and make it a make it a thing. We like a brunch afterwards. Ladies it was worked like... out in brunch club. So yeah. we were like, okay. And this past Saturday, yesterday actually, was our first ever brunch or yeah. ladies brunch club with a workout and, and then brunch afterwards. And again we had thirteen we had thirteen people. Yep. Um and huge success and an opportunity for like a bunch of women, girls, ladies, however you like to be addressed, um, some of whom work out together frequently, know each other really well, some of whom are in my group nutrition coaching, so you know they know each other really well, they know each other's stories, they know each other's thoughts and feelings about what they can do and what they look like. Others, like uh, ladies that I know or know of, yeah. but that I never get to spend much time around, um, and it kind of got us thinking about the importance of being around different people, being able to like share common ground and common thoughts and feelings. And also knowing that like, so Rachel showed up at the workout and she wore the damn shorts. Oh yes, that's right. I wore the damn shorts yesterday. <laughs> I know she did. I have to say, cause this made me laugh. She did show up wearing the shorts and had coupled them with long socks. Okay, yeah. And so I, was I like, didn't want to reveal my whole legs. You're technically but... covering up as much leg as possible while still wearing also the true. shorts. Also true. If I had just worn like like cropped but leggings, it would have been maybe about the same leg. But you it, know, we would have just seen your ankles it was rather than thing. your knees. Exactly. But, <laughs> but still, I was like, okay, I know why you've done that. There's like still like this insecurity for you around wearing shorts. But then like going into that room. I doubt anybody would have looked at you and gone, oh my God, she should not wear no, shorts. No, just no. like, I'm sure if you'd picked up, if, yeah. you'd, if, if you'd picked out any person from that room, they would have had a different insecurity, but probably one that only they could see. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, I mean, and, and that's why like this, like, yeah, the shorts are a great example of just why, like, it's been so cool to have even just two of these workouts now. Um, cause I think also, you know, as we're coming out of the pandemic, um, I think people are also really craving community at this time. Like we're, we're connecting with people, um, you know, almost all of us, right? Like we're all like fully vaccinated or partially vaccinated. So people are also just getting really into, um, yeah, like making, making time again to like connect with people. So I think that's been really important for the gym community. Um, but yeah, like what I love is just all of those women is true. They train at different times of the day. So I really only see the ones that are there in the morning. Um, or like maybe on weekends, we're all there together, like occasionally, but it's just so cool to be reminded that 
yeah, everybody brings something different to the gym. Everybody has this thing. Like usually a lot of performance goal stuff came up yesterday at the workout. A lot of people have like, oh, I can't do weighted lunges. Like, a, right? Like a lot of people were talking about and like, yet, oh, I just, I can't, th- those are the things. Did. Those are the things I can't do. Like lunges I can't do. Turkish get-ups I can't do. Like everyone kind of had their thing that they weren't loving seeing on that workout board. Um, Hannah also hilariously uh, asked everybody what their what moves they liked and then put literally every single one of them into this <laughs> massive chipper. So like everybody had to do, everybody got something they liked doing in it. But I figured that but, way nobody could complain. No one could complain. <laughs> um, but, but it's true. It's like people also then had to do things that weren't their favorite. Um, so it was really interesting, again, to see how people deal with that, right? Like, because I think that we had like, uh, we started with a sort of lifting complex and so many people surprised themselves with what they could lift. Yep. And were super excited about mm-hmm. it. And when you experience something like that, then it takes all of your attention and puts it towards like what you can do. Yep. And it doesn't matter. In that moment when those people, it doesn't matter anyway, but in that moment when somebody's doing something like outside of their comfort zone or lifting a weight that perhaps... They, they didn't think they could because they're in this environment where there's all these cool females yeah. pushing pushing their limits. Like they're not going, oh gosh, I don't know. Like, does my butt? Do you think look my butt looks good right now? Like, yeah. Like, should, do I have a double chin? And I guarantee like, you, every single person cheering from from them for them was also attention to that not at all. like thinking what are, what are they wearing? What do they look like? Because like in in, I went to an all girls school, and. When you're, it so often can sort of descend when you're around females, if you're around like the wrong kind of groups of people, mm-hmm. where it becomes very much like sort of judgmental and based oh, off yeah. of like, what do you look like? Like, I will judge you on your appearance and what you look like before mm-hmm. I even give you 10 seconds of my time to get to know you a little bit. Yes. And suddenly in the gym yesterday, we had this environment where I didn't like. I honestly didn't even like notice you had put the socks I know. on until I saw a photo. I know you. Said, it was after. the photo afterwards where you're like, "Wait a minute, you were wearing that?" Like, <laughs> like I did not notice anybody. Like I didn't look at anybody in a. What does your body look like? Right. Yeah. Like what we weren't does judging your outfit look whether like positive or negative. You? We weren't like appraising, like judging the people and I was, around so, us. I wasn't yeah. looking at anybody going well you're a certain size so you probably won't be able to do that or you like look a certain way so yeah that rules you out of that yeah it's like nope everybody everybody's proved. gonna do the same thing yeah, we're gonna Everyone's... do the same thing yeah and sure some people are gonna be slightly better at it than others or like have things that they're like they're more trained at or mm-hmm. perhaps just like the sheer like physical length of their legs or their arms or whatever yeah, it naturally lends them be to naturally be naturally better at and... that but it was really cool to see a group of women in like a, a zero judgment environment. Mm-hmm. Like you could have come dressed as a chicken. <laughs> and well, that would have been fun and appropriate for brunch when we're all going out for eggs afterwards. Or something. But yeah, no, I, I really loved it. And I loved the fact that the attention was 100% on what, each person could do. Yeah, what people were doing. And it took me back, I mean, it really took me back to my very earliest memories of CrossFit, like walking into a CrossFit gym for the first time. And one of the things I remember noticing was there were all different ages and all different body types. 
Because I think, right, like anyone entering a certain kind of sport, you probably have a preconceived notion of like what the people look like that do that sport. And if you had told me like, yeah, you're going to walk into a gym where people do heavy weightlifting, strength and conditioning, lots of gymnastic stuff, I would have walked in with a very particular picture in my mind of like these people are going to look like Mm -hmm. fit and strong in this very specific way. And I walked in and was like, this is like such a like varied like group of people Um, and they were all doing the same thing so it was like someone with a completely different body type was over there deadlifting the same thing as like the person next to them who looks totally different um so it was it yeah I think that's why I've really loved these these like yeah these these women's workouts is it just reminds me why I was attracted to the sport of CrossFit in the first place which was, yeah, people are just yeah. focused on what they can do, not what they look like. Well, that's exactly and... like when we were all done and we were just taking a kind of cool down walk around the parking lot. And what was being celebrated was strength. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people who had lifted more than they thought they could were one million times happier yeah. than, I bet you, than if they had gone on the scale and it said, oh, you lost five pounds this week. Right. Well, and people were celebrating each other, mm-hmm. right? Like not everyone was like volunteering to share what they were, what they had done that surprised them or what they had done that was, was a PR or something. And so other people were jumping in and saying, oh, well, so-and-so did this. Did you see that? Like even at brunch, we were sharing things like, wait, 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 what? You did that many unbroken double unders for the first time? Like, you know, people, people were really sharing those achievements for each other when we weren't, you know. But it also up. like highlighted where there's still so much work to do. And I think this is very much uh, from my experience, like tends to be a female trait. Yeah. It's like, you know, somebody, I, I, when I asked that question of like, what, did anybody surprise yourself? Like, what, what was it? And somebody raised their hand and was like, yeah, I surprised myself. I, I did the complex at, you know, X number of pounds. And then very quickly after was like, yeah, but it was only. They'd say, X yeah, use the word only. Like, Why yep. only? Why only? And I called it out. It's like, if you, you're proud of this, right? This is something you haven't mm-hmm. done either ever or not in a very long time. Yeah. That's ditch that word only. Yeah. It's another story you're telling yourself that you did something cool, but it's still not quite good enough. Right. Because there's obviously a num- that's it's similar to a number on a scale. There's obviously a number where people think, oh, if I can say I've done that number at that complex, it will sound impressive, right? Like it's, it's, so it's, I think it's a good, like, listeners, yeah. homework, catch yourself. Like, <laughs> yeah, just pay attention. When was the last time you did something that, you know, you five minutes ago would have been like proud of yourself for and then when you say it out loud in public you have to somehow diminish it yeah like if you ever say i only did this uh uh-uh you did you did that yeah there's no only needed and i think it is funny i mean you say with women and i think yeah that there's there's so many good things about doing sports and stuff with other women because i feel like you know we we are self-deprecating like that we use language like that um women can be i mean you know this from all girls schools and i think even if you're not in an all girls school, like memories of childhood and high school and stuff like that, like women can be really awful to one another. Mm-hmm. Like we have this really sad tendency to tear each other down. And so it's, um, it's, you know, it's cool to kind of reframe that as adults in sports to just be like, no, we celebrate each other. Um, but women are funny, right? We do that too. Like if I'm like, Hey Hannah, nice shirt. 
they've done like scientific studies. Chances are like there's an 80% chance you're going to tell me how much it costs, where yeah. you got it and that it was on sale. Like <laughs> women just do this. I don't know why we do this. It's like, we, we can't just take a compliment. We have to spin it back in some way. Like, like, Oh, that's a great pair of pants oh, t- on sale at Target. I know, like, like, why I do, do we do that? Why do we do that? <laughs> with like when I got my hair extensions put in and I think so to some extent it's because I feel like it's really an indulgent and maybe could be seen as slightly vain. Ah, so, so when yeah. people are like, oh, your hair looks great. I'd be like, yeah, it's not mine. It's not mine. It's a weave. It's a weave. <laughs> <laughs> like what? And like, even when I thought like caught myself in the act, but like very quickly afterwards, I'm like, I mean, I don't care. Like obviously yeah. like anybody who knows me knows I don't have thick, luscious, long hair. <laughs> My, and, and it's okay the people who know and love you don't care if you have thick luscious hair like, or not like I literally couldn't for a long time help myself but immediately yeah. follow up with it. it's not mine it's not and mine like, what <laughs> it is it's so weird like and and men do not do that no like I don't I right like I guess that is like growing up in like a patriarchal society rather than a matriarchal one or something, you know, we're just conditioned early on. Like women don't take ownership of how awesome they are. I know. I feel like you, and, feel like you need to apologize for yourself yeah, all the we time. Are, we apologize for ourselves a lot. And, and yeah, so, I mean, I think, I think what we're doing with these, these women's brunches, workouts and brunches and all that kind of stuff is like maybe getting into better habits, like how to, how to, yeah. And I, I, I also think, hope that like, through doing this, we can create an environment where people have very much have the opportunity to succeed mm-hmm. and to push themselves without feeling kind of, yeah, you know, eyeballs on them where they feel like they need to put up a certain, like, just not fail, right? Yeah. yeah. But create an environment where failing is okay. Yeah. Where, like, good if point. you're trying yeah, something new or heavy or, mm-hmm. like, you know, you decide next week, I'm going to wear the damn shorts and I'm going to do a handstand push up. <laughs> and. Maybe like the handstand push-up yeah. is just a bunch of attempts. It yep. doesn't translate yet to a handstand push-up. But you tried. Yeah. That's not a bad thing at all. Yeah. Like that's that's like somebody taking action like in this kind of group and showing, hey, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and I'm going to try. Yeah. And I'm going to mm-hmm. land on my ass many oh, yeah. times, but it's one day it's going to happen. Yeah. And it's, yeah, to it's be like, good to practice you don't have landing to on your ass. <laughs> perfect. All right. You don't have to like if handstand push-up is your thing. You don't have to like kick up and feel like you have to get a perfect one the mm-hmm. first time. Just like, you know, the same way, like there's no such thing as perfect, right? Yeah. The same with when you look at yourself. And if you ever use that word like, you know, I look pretty good, but you know, if, if I just lost but, this bit. If like, only if I did this. But, but only. This. Yeah. If then, like that yep. whole, like if I do this, then. then. Yeah. So, and I mean, it was, it was cool. It, it was neat too, because like we... The way it worked out, the way you programmed the workout was we'd be in teams, right? So groups and it was teams of three and it was really cool in, in my little group of three, like one of the women who was worried about the lunges, the weighted lunges were the thing she was worried about. Um, but she worked up to a challenging weight and she stepped back into a lunge and just sort of looked up at the other two of us and was like, yeah, I'm not getting this back up. Right. Like, like, like that was her limit. And so the two of us stepped in, grabbed the bar stood it up with her, right? Like, and it was, it was cool to be like, okay, like I, that weight, what, I'm not there yet, but you had support to kind of get out of it and be like, cool, all right. And then I said, I was like, do you want to, you know, drop down five pounds and try again? She was like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, that's so awesome, right? Because like failure often means we call it. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and I am totally calling myself out on this. Like I do that, right? <laughs> like you hit a weight where you fail. It's hard to imagine just taking off five pounds or 10 pounds and trying again. Um, cause you're kind of in your head at that point. And so that was really neat. I saw a lot of people do that yesterday, um, in the workout, which, which was always cool. Be like, yeah, yep. That, that weight was too much, but I know I can do five pounds less. So I'm going to do it again. And yeah. And I think, you know, for people of all different, it was people of all different ages and shapes and sizes and body types and like, yep level of skill and strength yeah we had a we had a a mom a mama daughter pair Mm -hmm. um so yeah we probably had decades spanning from like people like 20s through actually is her daughter a teenager no probably okay it's like early 20s through at least 50s Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah and i think you know like creating that environment where it's supportive and encouraging and also like inspiring like my the the one of the women on my team and was like, Oh my god, I, I wanna be able to do that one day. I'm like, You can. Yeah. There's absolutely There's nothing like, yeah. that's yeah. stopping you mm-hmm. from doing this. Yep. As long as you show up, you're consistent, you take good care of yourself, you put in the work and you put in those frustrating yeah. practice times, there's absolutely no reason you can't do this yeah. and a whole lot more. Yeah. And when people say that to me, it's true. It's like that happened in the complex because obviously in in my group, um, yeah, we were all the, the the other two women were probably pretty comparable in the in the weights that they were hoping to get for. I was hoping to get a little higher, um, and one of them said like, "Wow, like you make that look so easy." And I was like, "Yeah, but you know, five years ago it was not easy. <laughs> like you know, this is and it, it it is. It's like the reminder that we can all get to." those levels in our own journey of progress and as long um, as you have the story in your head that you can yeah exactly exactly so and if if like you're constantly coming up with this whole i I can't do this Mm -hmm. and maybe it's because you look a certain way or like you had with the number on a scale means that you you know gymnastics is possible you can't do that (laughs) then maybe before you even get as far as tracking your macros or whatever you've got to figure out how to change the story because Mm -hmm. then you'll just use that same story and apply it so like you know even if you got to 145 if you've still got that same story in your head then you're going to find a reason why you can't do something yeah yeah and i mean i i I actually think i think we should revisit that complex like that that should become like the ladies complex so like every few you know, workout and brunches that we do or something like try that complex again. Cause I just all over that room, I saw people doing, trying things they hadn't tried before being impressed with themselves, being impressed with each other. I mean, it was just, I don't know, something about that complex. I feel like brought out some really good things. <laughs> Who would have thought a <laughs> couple of lunges from squat. Deadlift, right. I mean, it's yeah, but, a jerk, <laughs> but you know, I, yeah, yeah. But for I some think. reason it was like a magic combination of showing people, Mm-hmm. what you can do and how freaking awesome it is yep. to train your attention on trying the, yep. you know like see where you can go succeeding at it and then that moment to see like 13 women or i think it's 12 working out 13 working out all absolutely focused on what they could do yep 
And in that moment, not one single person giving a flying shit about what they looked like like, or what the number on the scale was or how much cellulite they had or whether or not their shirt was flattering (laughs) or their shorts were maybe too short or any of that stupid shit that we get so caught up in. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this, this is how it should be. Because when we focus on things that we can do Mm -hmm. with our bodies, then how you think, you know, this this image that you have of what you might look like, that 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 kind of takes care of itself. It'll fall into place. When it kind of does. It does. I mean, yeah, you refocus and it's true. Like performance goals, I feel like, I mean, in that way, they are so much better than aesthetic goals. Mm-hmm. Because I think, you know, like, like we said, they're, they're actually in some ways easier to track. You can really know your body can do this or it can't. I mean, all I've got to do is think about, like, if I was to lose the eight, nine pounds to get down to the, the low 130s right now, maybe I could check a box of I look a certain way, but I would be miserable. I wouldn't have been part yeah. of that group succeeding yeah. and, like, lifting heavy and surprising myself and being part of that kind of celebration. I would mm-hmm. be, like, hungry. And You're like, man, I felt like garbage slide. this and morning and I can't wait for brunch because I just am dying to eat something. <laughs> like, yeah. So with all that being said, like, I've key part of the puzzle and anybody's kind of learning to figure yourself out love yourself look you know a way that makes you happy and healthy is environment yeah and part of that environment is creating the tribe of people around you who can without even having to say it just bring you back to the yeah where your focus should absolutely be. other people are such a huge piece of that because yeah we all have different goals we all have different ways of kind of reaching those goals and and it's pretty yeah. good review of like Spend a few moments of a day when you have a spare time, like thinking about those people around you, who is around you who can help you Mm -hmm. achieve what you want to achieve. And is there anybody around you who actually is doing the exact opposite? Yeah. I mean, you're right. That that's also something to keep in mind. Uh, Hopefully most of us are not surrounded by toxic people, but maybe there is someone who just like, Perhaps they don't even realize that certain language they're using or certain mm-hmm. ways that they're showing up or not showing up is actually causing you to be set back rather than to yeah to feel supported. So it may be a conversation you need to have with somebody about how, you know, certain phrases or the way mm-hmm. they speak. Or maybe it's just time to like slowly take a sidestep away from that person. Yeah. And surround yourself with people that build you up, celebrate you, and just help you to keep keep yourself focused in a place that is positive for you and not that is conflicting yeah. with what you're trying to work towards. Absolutely. Sound like a good roundup? It does. It does. I'm, I'm inspired. I want to go like, I want to go f- train with my tribe again. Like, <laughs> As long as I don't get a text later going, you're axed. You're right. No yeah. No Hannah, I'm going to sidestep away from you. <laughs> the same way I'm sidestepping away from processed food. <laughs> so community, super important. Um, and yeah, I like. Hopefully, we'll report back in the future on more of these yeah, complexes, I think it's more gonna... badass stuff to come, and uh, good times, fun check-in. Stay away from that scale. Yep, stay away from that scale. Yeah, who needs it? Who I'm, needs I'm not it? going back anytime soon. Buy some shorter socks. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You All can, right, maybe the next I'll workout go, you I'll, can uh, flash a little calf muscle. I'll, I'm sure I'll go. I'll get them on sale at Target. So you when you compliment them, I'll tell you how much they cost. <laughs> On that note, 
Thank you again for listening. This has been episode 12, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.